This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, the lady auto mechanic, and I'm with Allison Walker, ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hi. How was your drive-in this morning? It's good. I actually didn't hit many red lights. Oh, that's good. Down Lakeland, that's saying a lot. I was watching a vid- some videos this morning from storm chasers in the panhandle of Texas. They've got such high winds, uh, tractor trailers are turning over on the interstate. You mean tons of equipment are coming over? Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a semi with a tr- pulling a trailer, and they had a stormtrooper just, I guess they were at, maybe they knew where the peak winds were. They had a whatever machine that measures wind, and they just sat there, and they watched, they'd film these truckers coming down the interstate, and then you'd see two wheels, then 18 okay. wheels topple over. Wow. With the wind. Yeah. Well, I, know, I noticed we had some a lot of wind this past couple of days. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Well, <laughs> and, and, until it's <laughs> not. Until it's not <laughs> ever a truck. All right. We're going to talk about recalls today between your vehicle repair questions. And I was able to speak with Heidi King, Deputy Administrator for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration this week. And here's that phone interview. Thank you so much for speaking with AutoCorrect this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having us. This is an important topic, and I really appreciate your helping us to get the word out. Well, what news do you have for us today? Well, we have learned of an additional recall associated with the defective Takata airbag recall, and in fact, 1.1 million Honda and Acura vehicles that have already been repaired now need to be re-repaired because the replacement airbag is now found to be defective. All right, so we know that Honda had already had more than 10 different models of vehicles recalled as part of the Takata airbag faulty inflator recall. If they had had it recalled and repaired, before, they need to get it recalled again, and does this bring in any new Hondas also? This recall does not bring in any additional Hondas, but what it does is for folks that have already had their car fixed, they need to get it fixed again because that replacement part is not safe. All right. On our show, we have talked about recalls. Every week, we give the nhtsa.gov slash recall website and encourage our listeners to check their VIN numbers for recalls. How are recalls initiated? Is it from research, consumer complaints, or self-reporting by manufacturers? Well, first of all, thank you for getting the word out. It's critically important. Recalls are initiated in a number of ways. Often it's 
because a consumer notices something and reports it to NHTSA or to the manufacturer. We get something like 80 to 100,000 safety complaints here at NHTSA every year. Sometimes a manufacturer notices something or learns something in its process, and then they notify us and initiate a recall. So we can get information from a number of ways, but the most important part of this process is for consumers to recognize the life-saving importance of taking action and scheduling their free recall. We have, uh, as you're probably aware, at nhtsa.gov slash recalls, a place where folks can sign up to be on a distribution list, not for spam, but in fact, only if there's an active recall on their car, they can get an email notification. So take us through the steps when a consumer realizes that their car has some sort of recall. What should they do? When a consumer learns about a recall, the first thing they should do is call their local dealership and find out if they can make an appointment to come in as quickly as possible to have it repaired. It's always free, and the local dealership is the place where that's done. If any consumer gets any issue or has trouble making an appointment, they're welcome to call NHTSA at our hotline, 888-327-4236. They could also contact the manufacturer and see if they can get additional help there. But for the most part, the dealerships are ready, they're equipped, and they're prepared to replace defective parts for free um, and pretty quickly given a scheduled appointment. Well, we'll have that phone number on the website for this show, which will also be a podcast. What other information can drivers find on the, you called it NHTSA, NHTSA.gov website? Yes, they can see um, how many recalls are taken care of and what kinds of issues are coming up. You know, we have in Mississippi about 100,000 vehicles that have defective airbag dills. So even though we're asking some folks to check and re-repair their vehicle, we know there are some folks who still haven't had it repaired for the first time. We can also, on the website, submit complaints of safety issues should somebody find one. And it's just a great way to see news about safety, about driving safely and being mindful, news that one can share with one's friends and neighbors, because part of this is making sure we tell friends, family, and colleagues to stay safe, too. Now, you've reminded us that the Honda Recall Repair Inflation is also being recalled. What about all the other makes and models that were part of the Takata airbag recall? Are those inflators okay? We have about 70 million inflators and, and airbags that have been subject to recall in the United States. And many of those, actually most of those have been replaced, but we still have a long way to go. As of today, about 15 million unrepaired airbags across the United States. Now, we prioritize the highest risk first. Higher risk are the older vehicles that have older airbags that were exposed to heat and humidity. But it's important for everyone to contact their dealership or check at nitsa.gov slash recalls and to take action when their vehicle is subject to recall. Well, thank you, Ms. Heidi King, Deputy Administrator for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, for speaking with us on AutoCorrect. Thank you so much. All right, and that was my phone call with NHTSA. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, recalls are a, a big thing. We just heard another one on NPR News this morning. We'll get to that later. But first, let's go ahead and take Jay's call from Hattiesburg. Jay, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yes, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, indeed. So what's your question? I have a nagging problem with my 2014 Camry. Um, it's acquired 
hard water spots uh, on the wind windows, uh, particularly the back windshield, uh, and really all over the car, but I'm mostly concerned with the windows. And uh, I've tried a number of uh, approaches. I've tried vinegar and water. I've tried a uh, water spot removal product by McGuire. I've tried something called Barkeeper's Friend. Um, I've tried uh, uh, a various, various approaches and with no luck, no love. Um, I suspect that part of the problem might be my uh, techniques. I'm not using the products correctly, but I would appreciate any advice you could give. Well, I, I'm honestly not really sure. Maybe my friend Mike will call in who deals with cleaning windows all the time when he's repairing them and, and uh, dealing with them. But um, what what might, just a, just a thought that it's, it's vinegar didn't work, and that's what I used to, to clean windows with. Um, since that didn't work, I wonder if waxing it would work because waxing is actually a good way to put a rain protectant on your car. It's better than Rain-X, uh-huh. and you wax it just like you do your paint job, and that'll put a, um, a, a coat on there, a protective coat on there. But so I wonder if that might get the spots out of there once you go through the whole waxing procedure just like you do on on your paint job well but another the, one know. thing i would suggest is uh, uh all the many uses of baking soda yeah if you a made a, make a paste because it's it's uh-huh. a little bit abrasive mm-hmm. but not too much abrasive and then try that with vinegar ah okay. I wonder if that works. yeah I don't, I don't know the exact answer on that ah so, Jay, go ahead and send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. That way, if our, our friend of the show, Mike, who has a uh, glass replacement business, if he call, we, we can contact him, we can get that information back out to you. Okay, Jay? Okay, I'll do that right now. Fantastic. Well, you are listening to AutoCorrect. We're going to continue our discussion about recalls when we come back from our break. So if you have a problem with your vehicle, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877. Don't forget the 1. Don't forget the 877-672-7464. You can also send us an email auto at mpbonline.org is your car under recall we have a list of ones that are when we come back you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio to autocorrect on MPB Think Radio.
Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Now, if you can't listen to our show all the way through live, we hope you'll find our podcast. I like to listen to podcasts when I take road trips because you, when you're in a new place, you're never quite sure of what the uh, good dials are for a radio station. And we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. For Android phones, there are many different podcasting platforms. I use Podcast Addict. I just downloaded it to my Android phone, touched the plus. That took me to a page to search for podcasts. Then I typed in autocorrect. We have a space in the middle. And and then in the search area. And then it brought up autocorrect with Allison's photo. And I was able to touch the photo, then subscribe. And I'm now notified, because I choose to be, when any new episodes are loaded up. So here are our recalls for the week. The 20. 19 Subaru Crosstrek Forester. And we've talked about this before, Allison. Things can be recalled for just various reasons. Yeah, from sun visors to full-on transmission rebuilds. Right. The the Subaru Crosstrek and the Forester, it's the electric power steering unit may short-circuit, resulting in a loss of electric steering power assistance. The 2016-2019 Mazda MX-5 Miata, it's a trans Transmission control module may cause the vehicle to unexpectedly downshift and abruptly decelerate. The 2018 Volvo XC60 has cold temperatures might affect the tailgate lift arms. And if anybody in the Mississippi area has a 2012 to 2018 Bentley Mulesan, uh, I would love to hear about your Bentley. Their, your rear seat belt anchor uh, has a recall. And then just yesterday, uh, we've got notification that approximately 863,000 model year end. 2011 to 2014 Chryslers, some Dodge Avengers, Dodge Calipers, uh, Dodge Journeys, Jeep Compass, and Patriot SUVs. They are all under recall for a catalytic conversion problem. And still, the 2019 Ford Ranger has a 10-speed with a 10-speed automatic transmission, the shift lever can have some problems. They put a 10-speed, are you sure? They put a 10-speed automatic in the new Ford Ranger? That's what I'm reading right here. I was thinking about that truck on the way here and was wondering how simple they're going to make it or not. Because, well, yeah, the Ford Ranger, and oh, it's yeah, even an extended cab. You think of the Ford Rangers as just little two doors, but it's a four door. Hmm. Anyway, you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to NHTSA, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recall, and you just put in your VIN number. But we've got some phone calls, Allison, to uh, folks who want to have problems with their cars and need your help. So let's go to Bill in Grenada. Bill, we're so glad that you called into AutoCorrect. You're on the air. Hey, Bill. Uh, there he is. Hi, Bill. Hey, uh, I didn't know that was me because I'm not in Grenada right now. Okay. Well, <laughs> wherever you are, Bill, we want to hear about your uh, automotive problem. Okay. Well, I don't really have a problem, but uh, I, I've got in on the tail end of your last uh, caller 
and I don't know what he was actually doing with the windshield or whatnot, but something about spots and getting it out, uh, getting the spots out. Uh, I want to recommend instead of using baking soda, use a non-baking soda toothpaste first and see if that'll get it out. And then uh, if that doesn't get it out, add some baking soda to the toothpaste uh, and make a paste. Uh, Not a whole lot of baking soda, but just, just a little bit and make a little paste and do it with that. That'll take it up a, a notch. And if uh, that doesn't work, uh, I'm gonna leave it up to your guru that you have to tell you what needs to be done then. Well, Fantastic, Bill. We, we really appreciate it when our listeners call in mm-hmm. and, and give some advice. Bill, that is fantastic. Thank you very much. I wonder okay. if using a polishing compound would be better than a tube of toothpaste, because I can't ima- I imagine it'd be a little bit of a pain to squirt toothpaste all over your windshield. Well, if it spots, know. maybe there's not too many. But And if maybe. you just use a little bit. Yeah, if, if it's a small area. If yeah. it's a big area. All right. Well, today we're talking about recall. But we're also talking about uh, anything you want to talk about. We're taking your vehicle repair questions. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's one. Don't forget the one. 877. Don't forget the 877. Don't use the coast prefix. Don't use Jackson's prefix. Don't use Memphis prefix. one 877 Six seven two seven four six four. We've also got our email. It's auto at mpbonline.org. Allison, I was looking at the uh, NHTSA, uh, National Highway Transportation uh, Safety Administration's website, and they have a form where, that you fill out to, if you have a complaint about your vehicle. Yeah. yeah, you've got that right there. What's the first thing on, on the form? that they have you fill out we took them out right here on the the next page um well your vin number and i hope everybody knows where their vin number is on their car it's uh on the dash um on the driver's side and you have to look from outside the vehicle and look on the bottom of your dash on the bottom of your windshield and inside your door on your door that also gives you your tire pressure information and your tire size which is just a good little um and and VIN information is area. vehicle identification number yep 14 digits or 17 is there 17 i thought it was 14 but anyway yep make model and year have all your information ready is it like a social security number for your phone this is michelle how y'all doing everyone it kind of is so it it packs a lot of information into it the i mean if you give your vin number then people that know or people that have a computer they can tell exactly what kind of make model year and maybe even trim package trim packages on there where it was manufactured what country it's manufactured in like um say the canton plant for nissan is going to have a, a a specific letter in there to designate it and that's all you decode all that but it's it's broke down in there everything about your car is is able to be to come from question, that. another question about vin numbers so every every car has their their own specific vin number so there no there's not two vin numbers correct that's right they're okay. all different so it is a social security number it is your car. it okay. is oh. it's how it's tracked and everything mm-hmm and i think i unfortunately paid extra because i wasn't 
I didn't stand up for myself. The dealership offered to etch my VIN number into the glass. No, they didn't. And I Who paid did that? for that. I, well, you know, it was a dealership in Jackson that's now five dealerships ago. That's not... You know, it's changed it's hands so many times. Anyway, <laughs> sometimes they get you for paying for things. Wow. That you I've really never shouldn't. even heard of that one. All right. Let's take another call. It's Stanley in Starkville. Stanley, we're so glad that you've called in. Uh, are you going to help us out, Stanley? I hope so. How are you ladies doing? Really good. Thanks for asking. You doing all right? All right. Uh, the guy was talking about, uh, you mentioned something about using uh, polishing compound on uh, a windshield with water spots. That's right. All right. If you do that, and this is from experience, the first time you get in the bright sun, you're going to have window glare. Ooh, okay. Okay. The other Good thing to know. is that what you have to, what the best one that I have discovered is toothpaste and uh, uh, one of these little cheapo electric buffers. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you've had this problem before and you used toothpaste and it, it got rid of the spots. Yes, ma'am. Well, it also took, uh, uh, you're going to end, but uh, polishing compound on glass, there's just about no way around the fact that you're going to end up with squirrels. And like I said, you're going to get glare the first time the sun comes away. Yeah, so too too strong for a window. That makes yes, sense. Yes, ma'am. That makes sense. Well, so thank a, a you, Stanley. And toothpaste. But the toothpaste oh. and uh, uh, one of the, I think they're like 20 bucks now, uh, these little. Uh, uh, once or twice used for yeah. electric buffers. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. And that'll take care of your water spots. Thank you, Stanley. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Talking about um, the back to the recalls uh, on the NHTSA.gov website, you can fill out a form to make a complaint about your vehicle. But the the next thing after you put in your vehicle, it talks about when your crash is. I saw that. So I think you can only make a complaint after you've had an accident because you feel like something has contributed to your accident. I, I don't know. It says you got an option, yes or no, for a crash. So oh, okay. I'm assuming you can, you can complain. I know on carcomplaints.com, the, the NHTSA reported things on there are for everything. Okay, Paint, good. body, and all that. Just any, any complaint. And they just simply list the complaint. Okay. Well, uh, after you send in your complaint to NHTSA, they screen it. They review the filed complaints from vehicle owners. And then they analyze it. They uh, call for defect investigation. And if a petition is denied, they don't investigate it. The reasons for denial are published in the Federal Register. After the analysis, there's an investigation of alleged safety defects, and it's closed when the manufacturer of the recall recommends or they don't identify a safety-related defect, and then there's recall. Uh, The NHTSA reviews and files complaints from vehicle owners and other information related to alleged defects to decide whether to uh, uh, open the investigation. And the initiated safety recalls require a manufacturer's action to announce and remedy the defects. And a recall is issued when a manufacturer determines that the vehicle, equipment, and they'd also do car seats. This was surprising to me. They not only do vehicle and equipment, they do car seats, they do tires, 
and they if they determine it's an unreasonable safety risk or it fails to meet minimum safety standards then they issue a recall and manufacturers are required to fix the problem by repairing it replacing it offering a refund or in rare cases repurchasing the vehicle wow i haven't heard them doing that before i guess that would have to be super important all right. Wow. We're going to take our uh, next break. We're talking about recalls. We're taking your repair questions. Our number is one 672 7464 Our email is auto at org. What's an unreliable car that you should not buy? We'll get to that after the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. Now, Consumer Reports has a list of 108... 2007 to 2016 models that have a record of much worse than overall average reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the only Toyota on the list, the 2016 Tacoma. Out of all the Toyotas on uh, consumer complaints, that was the only one that was on their list. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports. Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. And if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFO. YI, a public radio station in Indianapolis. He's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for 25 years. His review this week is on the 2019 Toyota Corolla XSE, which he calls a pocket-sized bottle rocket. Sweet. I guess that's a good thing. That sounds like fun to me. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's go to the phones. Daryl from Hattiesburg, we appreciate you weighing in on our how to get rid of water spots on your glasses. Glasses. The glasses. The glass on the car (laughs) issue. Go ahead, Daryl. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Thanks. Yeah, I I, I listen to... uh, AFR, you know, on a regular basis because y'all update on some things that most people don't don't deal with. But the the water spots in in the windows, what I found that 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 works is not a heavy duty compound, but a medium and a, a rag. And because the water spots only go form on the outside of where the windshield wipers doesn't touch, you know. Right. Okay. After you get it off, if you put some Rain-X on it, it will it will keep them off. 
Also, your, your side mirrors and your side windows, if you, you can do the same thing. But I found that any, I, I've been detailing for a little over 20 years. Anytime you put a buffer and compound on your windows, it, it's going to cause swirls. You can put wax on it to eliminate it, but after a while, you got the swirl, swirls, and as well as the guy stated earlier, you will have that glare, you know. But uh, they do make an inexpensive cube of um, water spot remover that you can get it out with. Now, if you want to go a little bit further, because sometimes those water spots can get so deep on those side uh, glasses, you know, it's like fish scales almost. And I take a little bit of acid to clean uh, chrome with, put a little bit on my rag with that cleaner, and do a you know little uh, quarter size at a time. It's, it's time consuming, but it does work, and, and it will help keep the water spots out as well. Well, thank you. Those are some good thank suggestions. Thank you, Daryl. We appreciate uh, your experience. And Allison, what did you find out from one of your automotive friends? My boyfriend texted me, and he's a mechanic. He does restorations on European vehicles. Um, he's used a product called Griot's Garage, which is a automotive detail company, and you can get their product online. But they have a product for water spots, and he said he's used it before, and it worked great. All right. Griot's. It's Riot with the G on the front. Okay. Griot's Garage. So that might help some people out who are having that problem. And I imagine it's some sort of compound, some sort of polishing compound. I would I would bet on it. All right. So, folks, if you have a question about your car, that's why we're here today. That's why I come into work. That's why Allison volunteers to come in is so that we can answer your questions. Our number is 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. Joe in Memphis, we are so glad that you called in to AutoCorrect. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, ladies. Morning. Good morning. I was listening to you about the VIN number on your automobiles, and I have a question. Can the VIN number also tell the history of the maintenance and repairs on a car? And also, can it tell if that car has ever been in a flood? Should uh, I go and buy a, a purchase a vehicle that's been used? Can I look up that VIN number? And if I can, how can I and find out the history of that automobile? That's a good question. Uh, the, the thing is, Joe, only if it's been reported. And Carfax is a reporting company. I'm sure everyone's heard of Carfax. Um, and they've got commercials like crazy, I noticed. Um, and only if it's been reported. So it, 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 if it hasn't been reported or they didn't use their insurance when they did it, sometimes it, it'll report through through your insurance if you have a claim. If they just had it repaired and, and never claimed it, then you you, you don't know. So you, you would still have to go through the process of checking really well. When you go to purchase a car, check for, for signs of flooding, um, like water up under the carpets. And, um, and, and then, but... You know, so that's the only way you really is if they've been reported. So you're not guaranteed to know the history of the car through the VIN. That's not a be-all, end-all of what all may or may not happen. Um, something I like to do when I buy a car is if, if it's Toyota, go to Toyota, and I like to pull the history on the car because that's all by VIN, and they pull that nationwide. Uh, if it was serviced in California and you bought it here, then you can still pull the records from over there. If and that's if it was history. serviced at a dealership. If it was serviced. My uh, Toyota pre 
Prius, turns out it wasn't serviced at a dealership, so it had no history when I bought it, which surprised me, it being a Prius. So they had someone else working on that car. But um, So most cars have been serviced at a dealership, and that's one way you'll know if recalls have been done on it that, that may have already happened to the car. It's going to be in that history. That kind of helps you know the background of vehicles. But otherwise, it, it I do recommend doing inspections on cars where you have someone knowledgeable in what to look for on any car. On, on any okay. used vehicle because the so, VIN number is not guaranteed to let you know everything. Okay, I understand. So would go to a dealership and you can website and you can pull up the no. VIN number? And they, you'd have to call them. You have ha- call you'd them. have to call and call in the service department and see if okay. it's been serviced and what the history is. They'll be able to, any dealership would be able to pull it up from any other dealership that serviced it. It's all on a database for each each dealership. They all share that information. Would Carfax have that information too? If it's been reported. If it's been reported? If it's been reported. Yeah, Joe, a few weeks ago, we were able to speak with someone from Carfax, and, man, they sold me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They had a great story about how every time you get your oil changed, every time the car changes hands, every time any little thing is done on it, it can be reported to Carfax so that you could find out all about your car. But we just bought a car in December, and it the, we got the Carfax on it, and it did show when the car had changed hands, when it had changed titles, owners, mm-hmm. and but it didn't show any of the maintenance because the dealer or the uh, organization that did the maintenance didn't report it to Carfax. So maybe going forward, uh, Carfax will be able to accumulate some more money, or more money, more information. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, didn't we find out that you can report it yourself if you you do the change at home, which I think is awesome. The thing is that increases the value of your car when you get rid of it, Uh, whether it's trade-in or sell to individual. So I think that's awesome. I didn't know that before. Yeah, I think maybe as more people are familiar with Mm -hmm. Carfax, and if certainly if there isn't a charge for a... a mechanic or a lube shop or the dealer to report that information to Carfax, maybe that would accumulate more information on a VIN number. But right now, I think it's uh, got a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Yeah. Some cars have more than others. It just depends on if they've been reported. Some of them have quite a good history on there and you can get an idea of it. But yeah, it's, All right. it's not a be all. Right, thank you. You're welcome, welcome, Joe. We appreciate you calling in. If you have a question like Joe did, we would love for you to call in. Allison is here to answer your questions. Our number is 1-877-672-7464. We do have an email. Allison, uh, I don't know if this is in, in your roadhouse or if we need uh, uh, Darnell to call back in. We got an email saying, hi, inquiring about a safe way to remove tree sap off the vehicle without harming the paint. Hmm. I'm going to just use a, a car wash. I do recommend do not use um, dish liquid right. soap on cars. It strips it. Um, don't do that ever okay. on a car. Use car wash stuff. And that, I don't, I wouldn't see where that wouldn't get it off. It's always gotten it off on my cars. Okay. Which I have a major problem with it living under trees in the woods and out in Rankin where I live. It's 
there my car's just get inundated with it so i'm constantly having to clean them up and it, and it seems to come off now i just use a, a real basic car wash that i got at o'reilly's it wasn't anything fancy mm-hmm. but it's for cars it's not dish detergent speaking of car washes so we went and washed the car on saturday because of all the pollen yeah. sunday morning it was covered oh, yeah. with pollen again i just wait it'll rain soon it's gonna rain today right. well i keep my car in a carport <laughs> yeah. and uh the car gets covered parking at work yeah. so it it doesn't get uh wet a lot but yeah, yeah it need the car wash michelle yeah. i have the same issue um I think Tuesday I went home and I asked my 16-year-old, almost 16, and her friends to rinse the car off. I didn't say wash it. I just said rinse it off. My boyfriend said the same thing. Why are you doing that? It's going to get, because I have a garage, so it doesn't rain on my car unless I'm driving through the rain. So I was like, I don't want to drive to work in the morning with my car. It's not even yellow. It's like greenish yellow slime, and it's horrible. So we rinsed the car off. We went out to eat Tuesday evening, right? Yeah. Yesterday, my car said here again. Yesterday evening, my car looks yellow. So, right. believe it or not, guys, last night I took a paper towel. <laughs> I went under my garage and I just started wiping <laughs> the dust. I call it dust, pollen off. Right. I was cracking up with myself because I'm like, it's just going to get right back on it today. Well, but there's also the accumulation. If you don't get rid of it a little at a time. I will think. Right. My lights in the whole nine. And it just looks horrible. So, I mean, what should we do? Just call it it No Wash March. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to sit there and detail my car. I get so tired of washing my car. It's why I do anything to have someone to do I think I'm a little anal on that because (laughs) I don't want to drive around. And then this weekend is supposed to be nice. No rain, but a little cold. So, you know, the car washes, the drive-through ones are going to be filled up with everyone trying to get the pollen off. Yeah. Oh, so, I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. The one day, the one day it didn't rain uh, in the midst of a bunch of rain, there was a car wash. It had yeah. people out the out the side, around the corner, oh, wow. through the d- down the street. You have to take a number now right. to uh, get your car washed. Right. I'm great. too cheap to use those guys. I'm like, <laughs> it will take me, it, it literally takes maybe 20 minutes to clean a car. It's really not long. And I do a quick dry. I drive mine down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I go do about 65 oh, miles. Oh and it dries it real fast, and I'm done. That's All right. It. Well, we're discussing recalls today, and when we come back from the break, we would love to talk with you about recalls or about anything you have to say about your car. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one. 1- You can also send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. What's new in the news? Hang on a minute and we'll tell you. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. 
When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, don't forget you can listen to the whole show at mpbonline.org slash autocorrect. So here's what's in the news this week. You can kiss $2 gas goodbye. Here's why low pump prices are creeping higher. Sub $2 gasoline is evaporating. The number of stations selling fuel for less than $2 gallon is shrinking as spring price spikes take effect. The national average price of gas has jumped 17 cents in the last month to $2.45 according to AAA. That figure is likely to increase by another 15 to 25 cents in the coming weeks, says a senior petroleum analysis at fuel tracking app Gas Buddy, which we've mentioned on the show. Gas Buddy is a is a great thing to use. Could the U.S. come close to an average of $3 a gallon as the summer travel season approaches? Well, last year, prices topped out at $2.98 on May 25th, according to Gas Buddy. In recent weeks, national increases have occurred as fuel refineries begin annual maintenance projects typically timed for the spring as the refineries shift to costlier summer blends of gasoline prices usually increase now that was interesting to me i guess i hadn't occurred about a blend of gasoline and it's different in the winter as in the summer yeah, they change it with the the temperature. I'm not sure the ins and outs of all that, but it's to keep your engine from knocking. Um, so, yep, they change it. I, I wonder if they conveniently say that it's they're changing the blend for summer when everyone's traveling and they're making, I don't know. <laughs> all right, let's go to Ollie in Jackson. Ollie, we're glad that you called in to autocorrect. Go ahead. Yes, I have a 1993 Dodge Daytona with a four-cylinder. All right, I have changed out the donut. Say that again. You broke the up. The donut. Didn't? You know, from the manifold to the to the to the pipe. Yeah, I got you. Oh, okay, I've changed it out. All right, I done changed my manifold gasket out, and it still sounds like my car is. You know, you know, you know how I make that noise when the when the when the like when you got an exhaust leak. Exhaust leak, yeah. Would that be like my uh? What's that thing called? Your your converter stopped up. Mm, no, uh, uh-uh. I I no. They they don't really make a noise. They just your your car act up a little bit when it gets really bad. And eventually, you, your engine can't run because it can't exhaust any gas out because it melts the inside of that converter down. Which uh, takes a little while to do, but not that long. I wouldn't assume that. You know, um, personally, what I would do is take it to a really good exhaust shop and have them find where the leak is. Okay. All right. And that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. 
and I've, I have found that exhaust shops tend to be pretty talented. It's a really small niche area. Does it seem like a whole bunch of stuff they have to know? So they're they're good at what they do know, and okay. uh, and I and I've found them to be pretty inexpensive for all kinds of different minor exhaust problems, really. Um, so that's what I'd recommend. Yeah, I, I, you know, I if you're in Jackson, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I use Automuff on uh, State Street. I like I like those guys a lot. Oh, okay then. Well, I, I might I'll take it down and get it checked out. Okay. Thank Good you. luck with that. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, Ollie. We're glad that you called in. Next, let's go to Giza in Memphis. Giza, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Good morning. I would like to find out if my pickup truck uh, transmission problem gets solved with this uh, recall. It's You're talking about with that major, that big recall that just came out? Yes. I think it's later model. But I would like to find out if my car, the 2007 F-150 is Ford. F-150 is in the recall. I looked it up just now, and I didn't see it for your truck. Uh, But I would double-check on that. But I think it's later Fords. It's like 2000. 10, 2012, up in there. I don't think it's to 2007. Yeah. Yeah. But I have some, I have some sudden problem with my transmission, and Those I trucks am do really have upset problems. about it because I just driving regularly my truck, and suddenly just uh, the the high gear is no more working. Okay, they, they do tend to have a little bit of transmission problems with those trucks, so that's you just have to take it to a transmission shop on that. As far as I know, that's not the problem that they had with these later models. They had a problem with them shifting from high gear to a low gear suddenly, and all they do is reprogram the transmission control module, uh, which, like I said, that's on later uh, F-150s, so I, mm-hmm. I don't think that affects your truck, and you're, you're not yeah. having that problem that they just recalled all those trucks for. Yours is doing something yeah. different. It's, it sounds like it's lost the gear. Uh, that could be something else yeah. going on. So, but you can double check it from looking at the yeah. NHTSA yeah. When, website. When I, put in, when I put in drive, this is automated. So, putting in drive, this going uh, the first uh, automatically going to the first one, two, three gear. But when this going up to the high gear, just whee! It's not shifting into the higher gear. And not not going uh, in the... So I cannot use the high gear. Okay. Well, Giza, I would suggest you either stop by a Ford dealer and ask them, or if you do have access to a computer, the website is nhtsa.gov. It's for the National Highway transportation safety administration and then you put in your vin number and that way you can find out if there's anything for your specific vehicle what i would do too is you could do the fluid and filter change on there or drain and fill to see if that would help with because it sounds like the pressure isn't right in your transmission you might get lucky in that and that fix it not a flush all right just a drain and fill all right let's take our last call for the day uh lewis in philadelphia thanks for calling in to autocorrect Go ahead. Good morning. Just a quick question. Um, recently, I bought a 2009 Nissan Versa. The brakes were shimming when I bought the car. I turned the rotors, put new shoes on it. It's 
but I stop smooth as silk, and 25 miles later is doing it again. What can I do to make that not happen again? Well, we we had a show on that, and I, f- I feel like probably what it is, and I, I'm not I don't want to be offensive, but it's probably your braking style, is if you're you're holding too much pressure on the brake pedal, it causes heat spots on your rotors, and they'll come right back in about twenty thousand miles, and you'll have to turn them again. So just maybe try to be gentler, and when you go to re- do your rotors again this time, they they may be too skinny to turn again. Maybe get an upgrade like a, a little bit better rotor from like a quality one from Nissan probably would be the best instead of aftermarket. But you're, you're probably braking a little bit too hard for the car and it's causing heat spots on the ro- rotors and it's warping them. I got you, but I'm a pretty conservative driver. I think, okay. So. Well, I've seen people drive very slow, be very hard on their brakes. Um, so you can drive fast and be real gentle on your brakes. Um, so it, that's more than likely that's what it is. Or I haven't heard about those cars having a rotor problem, and, and that's kind of rare on cars to have junky rotors. And maybe that's they're. What I, thought, yeah. I just got rid of one that had 400,000 miles on it and never even turned a rotor on it. Yeah, there you go. So it may be just the quality of those factory rotors are just not quite what they need to be, and you can upgrade it. Possibly, so that's that's okay, what I'd so recommend. Instead of turning, I just need to replace the rotors. How about you, you try to turn it again? Is what I would do. Um, if it's if they're too thin, they'll let you know. Lewis, we gotta go. That's gonna wrap us up for AutoCorrect. Our call screener today was Jay White. Our board engineer was Michelle McAdoo. And for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I am Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. But we hope you join us again next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 